calling all beans, y'all. Let's get it. Welcome back to Calling All Beings. It's good to have everyone with us this evening. I am Nathan, and I'm your host. I'm joined by my co-host, the wonderful Kevin Flarius. Kevin, how's it going? Um, it's going great. How are you doing? Excellent. I'm doing well. Right. Loving the new headphones. We've been talking a little bit about that. Oh, yeah, I wanted to, uh, to match the occasion, have some UAP on my face, you know. Just fantastic. Right. They look yeah. terrific. Thank you. Matches everything. And Deb, how are you this evening? Deb, study of UAPs. Yes, I'm doing great. How's everybody? Everyone's good. Yay. Doing well, man. It's uh, It's been a good week. It's been, uh, gosh, I can't believe that March is coming to a close. I I don't know where it went. <laughs> like we're already a you know, quarter of the way through the year here. It's just absolutely bonkers to me. But uh, we've got an amazing show for uh, folks uh, tonight. We are joined by uh, two incredible people in the community uh, whose names I know everybody will recognize. So one, we've got uh, Jess Rogie of the Rogie Report, Escape the Simulation. And we've also got Enzo Cyril. And Enzo is a retired Air Force. And he's a real person. He's not just a positivity bot that shows up all over everyone's channels, which what? I know is a lot of people think he's the Enzo botnet. But he is a real person and a fantastic person at that. And we are grateful to have both of these fine humans with us this evening. And I'm going to bring them on stage. So welcome to the show, guys. Hello, everyone. Welcome. welcome. Excellent. So welcome to Calling All Beings. And uh, as we talked about backstage, normally we've got DJ with us, our host that gives the amazing uh, kind of WWE, WWF introduction. Uh, I am not going to try. I can't. I've tried <laughs> before. I've failed. So just it's not going to happen. Uh, so hopefully we will, uh, maybe we will record one of those for you guys as a, as a later on a gift. Uh, if you really want that full DJ experience, he is, uh, for our listeners, uh, wondering where he is this evening. He is chasing a cat that has gotten stuck inside the walls. You heard that right. The walls of his house. Uh, so the cab team has already received photos of drywall coming apart and it just, man, I'm I, good. Good luck, DJ. That's all I have to say. Hope you find that cat. <laughs> Uh, hopefully he will join us as well. But uh, if not, we wish you well, DJ, in that search. So I want to get started. Uh, Jess, let's start yes. with you. Uh, sure. A couple things I want to say about your show. Uh, one, I love that you've got this kind of wide spectrum of coverage. You know, you're talking about a lot of topics that if you're if you're kind of heavy in the UFO side of the of, of the high strangeness or whatever, you may ignore a lot of the kind of paranormal aspects. And you seem to be very comfortable not just covering them, but really diving into them. And is that something that, you know, you've always had an interest in or did that kind of evolve over time? I think it evolved. When I did my first show, I was a little more paranormal and talked a little bit more about these high strangeness things. And then when I did my second show, I kind of threw all that away and I went hardcore into nuts and bolts. But recently I've kind of been like, you know what? I want to get back into talking about the more strange things like remote viewing, consciousness, you know, dreams, meditation, things like that, because it's all, you know, you find the more you look at it and if you keep an open mind, you kind of see that there is a connection between these different things. 
And I think that's what my goal is with the show is to kind of say like, hey, why don't you look at this? Look at this person. Just listen. You know, you don't have to to believe everything, but, you know, just take in the information and then make your decisions. Yeah, totally. Have you found that uh, the folks in kind of those different pockets are they themselves kind of merging into uh, other areas they wouldn't have been in before? I think they're they're getting really interested in talk uh, about talking to you know Uf ufo shows too because like they you know people who work in those types of you know in the more paranormal side of things they feel it's all connected they yeah. you know they see all the connections so i think it kind of opens them up to kind of look at the other side of ufology as well mm. it is funny because the paranormal people that i'm familiar with do seem to be like we're waiting for the rest of you to catch up to us uh, because when you look at it from that consciousness connection, uh, that paranormality, it, it does, it is more of an umbrella kind of uh, approach to the topic than the UFOs, which has traditionally been either the kind of nuts and bolts technology angle or the, the, the kind of hard sci-fi ETs from somewhere else. They, they don't, it's, it's like taken a while for that crowd to kind of come along to the, the paranormal aspects. Mm. Yeah, I would agree with that. I mean, it. I think people who are hardcore nuts and bolts have a little harder of a time with being open to these types of things. So it's 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 difficult. It's it's difficult to say like if there will be a big change or if a lot of people will look into. It. But I see, I think I see a lot of people being interested in the more consciousness side of things. Right. I love it. I love it. And I love that you're promoting that and getting into it. I think, honestly, from my perspective, that's where this is going. It's going kind of to that direction. And we've been seeing a lot of that recently uh, from folks like Jim Simivan, who've been more open about his experience, uh, from folks like John Ramirez and his uh, sort of, uh, you know, kind of uh, personal experience with the encounters. Uh, and of course, Skinwalkers at the Pentagon. You know, that book gets a lot of uh, sort of laughter and chuckles. But if you've been familiar with the paranormal side of it and very comfortable with kind of what's going on over there, the things that you read about in that book don't seem that strange and don't seem that off-putting uh, as I think a lot of the, you know, kind of nuts and bolts ufologists uh, seem, seem to paint it as. No, I would agree with that. I think what a lot of people like to look at too is just the Skinwalker Ranch as an example of a place where all this different phenomenon occurs and, you know, from what I understand, I can't name anywhere, but there's other places in this world on this planet that, you know, where the veil is thinner, where all these things can happen in the same place. So it's very interesting to see like books like uh, Skinwalkers at the Pentagon get a little deeper into these cases, you know, that have been reported that are pretty strange. Yeah, 100 percent. Well, let me switch gears real quick to Enzo. So Enzo, uh, thank you for being on the show and everyone who's watch any of the shows in this community uh, will recognize your name, your constant presence in the chat. And, uh, you know, we thank you very much for your support. So, like what has brought you to this topic and, and, and also how do you do it? Do you have a clone? Do you have multiple computers running? I mean, we really want the answers here. How do you pull this off? How are you everywhere all the time? Well, a good magician never reveals all their tricks, <laughs> but, uh, as far as, as far as what got me into this, uh, as, as, a young kid uh, just always had an interest in, uh, I remember distinctly going with a group of friends uh, when I was very young to the theaters. There was a, a movie that was in there. It was Bigfoot, the Loch Ness Monster, and uh, I guess it was just aliens in general or UFOs. Mm. And I remember just kind of getting sucked into that world and was fascinated by it. 
And when I was about 10, I, I did see what would be a UFO, it would mm. be a light in the sky kind of a thing. And uh, when I started asking around school the next day, because it was in a very public area, a lot of people should have seen it. Uh, suddenly, I it was like, oh, you're, you're the UFO kid now. Mm. And it's like, okay, maybe I, maybe I won't say anything else wow. uh, about it. But uh, always had that that interest. And uh, as, uh, as I got older, I, I've always been an insomniac. Uh, so listening to the radio all night long, uh, mm. Art Bell, of course, comes in uh, just hours listening to him and enjoying his show where he discusses all of these topics. It's it's always kind of been there in the back of my head. But uh, recently, I kind of was just mostly a nuts and bolts, standard nuts and bolts UFO guy. Uh, you know, the Loch Ness Monster fell off a long time ago and Bigfoot. Eh, that could, I've been out in the woods. You hear weird things. I don't know about that. But uh, I'm also a big fan of uh, the TV show Survivor Man with Les Stroud. Mm, yeah. And a couple of years ago, he came out and he's like, hey, uh, I think it's plausible that there could be a even if you go as far as saying it's just a, a large gorilla type of, of thing or whatever, that it's possible something like that could survive in. And he did a, a several specials on it. And uh, that kind of turned me around. It's like, well, if he believes it, you know, this person that, you know, the, you know week after week, you know, goes surviving for a week out in the middle of uh, crazy situations. If he thinks it's possible, then why, who am I to say he's wrong? And uh, it kind of opened the floodgates a little bit and, uh, started looking more into like, like everyone else, the last couple of years, you're sitting around, you've seen everything on Netflix. You've seen all that stuff. It's like, well, what's going on on YouTube and discovered this huge selection of, uh, pop-up YouTube channels about these very topics. Mm -hmm. And, and as we mentioned, you know, the, the skinwalker show, uh, and just the stories about that. And as, as Jess rightly pointed out, there's other places that are similar to that around the world that, how could it just be, you know, 20 different things all happening in this like 20 acre property? Mm -hmm. uh, there's something else going on there. So that's when I kind of took my dive in on uh, everybody's different YouTube channels and uh, try and catch all of them live. It's it, that's that's what attracts me is the the live part where they interact with the, you know, the fans in, in the chat. Hi, chat. <laughs> yes, big shout and, to the uh, chat. <laughs> I see like 20 different names that I normally would be like, hi, how are you doing? Hi, how are you doing? Hi, how are you doing by this point? And usually about this stage of the show is when your fingers are worn out and everybody's done all their hellos and we can actually listen to what's going on in the show. So. <laughs> yes. No, big, big shout out to the audience. Deb is uh, going to, she's uh, coming back. She has some glitching issues, but I wanted to ask you about actually kind of get bo both your takes on this. Cause you, you kind of brought this up Enzo. Uh, the, uh, the, the shift that we've seen over the last really decade maybe a little bit less of where our content is now um, coming. We, we can consume content now that is not coming directly through the traditional channels. And, and you see a lot of the content creators that are kind of coming out of the sim similar gen generation. You know, we, we kind of grew up with, like you mentioned, the same kinds of things. And, and it's like, we're entering this phase in which we're now feeling comfortable in our own lives, where we are in our careers or wherever, just to kind of, we're going there, you know, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to create content. We're going to ask these questions. We're going to, we're going to have these shows, explore these topics. And, and that, that, that process itself is like an invitation. Like it's an invitation for people to say, you know, I've had something similar 
you know, th this is what I've seen. You know, how do, how do you kind of contextualize this? You, you described it a little bit, but, you know, what do you see the trajectory looking like here as we as this kind of proliferation of content becomes the norm? And uh, the more we embrace this subject, do you see it, uh, you know, getting weirder than, than it is now? Do you see it becoming kind of more normalized? How do you, how do you look at that? Is that, is that for me or for Jess? Yeah, go, go ahead and take that one. Yeah. Okay. I'll, I'll take that. Uh, <laughs> I, I, as far as the last part of your question, I, I see it getting much weirder mm. uh, to, to exp especially if you're going to say, okay, all of it's related. The one th the explanation for all of it, it's gotta be way beyond what we could even comprehend at this mm. point without inventing new science or at least thought processes to how even how that it would even exist or work. Uh, you know, much less, you know, the science of how stuff flies around, uh, mm -hmm. well, flies, uh, <laughs> right. but, uh, it's, uh, it, the thing I love about uh, our little community is, uh, it's just regular people. It's not somebody shilling a book. It's not somebody that has a movie coming out. It's not, you know, approved sources, mm -hmm. uh, that you don't believe on other things that you know about, but if they talk about something else, oh, okay, now I understand. No, it's still the same weak source from the beginning but uh this is it's just us it's it's us it's our own people it's like a group of friends uh gathered around the campfire uh telling telling tales you know to each other mm. uh you know the the phenomenon in general is uh the one of the big sticking points for you know the normies outside looking in is uh, that that lack of evidence mm -hmm. You know, we, we don't have that ship part we can pull up. We don't have the, uh, oh, you see, the portal always appears right here that uh, the Bigfoot jumps out of. <laughs> we don't really have that, as nice as that would be. So uh, all we can do is uh, share our encounters and look to the past at things that have occurred to maybe try and piece together something on our own. Uh, now, uh, you know, the, the federal government has started up uh, their own program again and seems to be taking it seriously. Uh, we'll, we'll see what they have to tell us uh, later in the year or, or really realistically, probably more like next year. They're, they're still setting everything up. I, I don't expect to hear a whole lot out of them. Right. But the, uh, the civilian groups, I think, is where we'll probably hear something substantial from okay. first, like Galileo and UAPX and so forth. So. It that's, does seem like a bit of a horse race there, right? I mean, we've got a lot of groups in uh, in, in the swim lane. <laughs> I'm mixing a lot of met metaphors here, but they're out out of the gate and they're chasing stuff. Uh, do you have, you know, if you were to put a bet, you know, do you have a sense of which one might find something first? Ooh, which one's going to be in the lead? Uh, that's a that's a tough one. I know uh, UAPX has a, a lot of good folks in it, and it seems like every other week we're hearing about new people getting added to the Galileo team. So. Mm -hmm. Uh, that's that's kind of tough. And and uh, I feel like we've heard a little bit more, at least as far as some of their tech and some of the stuff from UAPX, because uh, a lot of them actually hang out uh, in in our own chats and will pop on some shows. We haven't heard as much from Galileo, which doesn't mean they're not doing anything. They're just not telling us, which I can get because you got, you know, Avi Loeb, you know, actual scientist. They're going to collect all the data and pre present it at the end. They're not going to tell us what's going on like right now. So, right. No, that's a great point. Yeah, well, Jess, how do you view this uh, sort of transition? You, you've been in the game. You are in the game. You know, you're creating content and you've seen the community uh, kind of go through some some different stages. 
right? And I love how Enzo put it. It's very much, really, it's it's more of a campfire conversation. That's how I certainly look at it. It's less like uh, we're doing a, an official thing. We're really just having a chat. And so how do you view that uh, kind of trajectory away from mainstream content to this really kind of democratization of voices, uh, you know, and your part in that and where you think it's going? Well, I think like when I, when I first entered the podcast thing, cause I come from a different background than a lot of other people. I actually studied broadcast journalism. So for mm. me, I actually had pursued a career in mainstream journalism prior to this. Nice. Um, but but I did not really want to go work in that system. So I ended up working, you know, for video game channel, which was way more fun. <laughs> and um, once that kind of ended, I went and did my own thing and podcasting kind of started to pick up. And, you know, I actually got into it because, you know, I'd listen to coast to coast or bell, you know, and then I listened to Nori. I got into Jimmy church. I listened to Joe Roop. I listened to all these people and I'm like, man, I want to be like that. You know, I want to talk <laughs> about these things and I want to be a show where people can tune in and learn something from like all these different people. And that's what I always wanted. So I think for me, it, that was a little different, but, and now I can talk about how I've seen the changes. Cause I've been in the community a little bit longer than some and shorter than others. But when I first entered the community, big, the, it was a lot of like unprovable things. There were a lot of people claiming stories and saying things and asking for money for information. I'm um, not that there's people not doing that now, but you know, um, <laughs> I've seen a shift. And as like, the two, I remember when the two, the stars Academy stuff started and I was like, why is Tom DeLong? Why Tom DeLong? But you could see as it went, it got more people interested or more people comfortable to talk about it. And you kind of saw UFO Twitter kind of take off and this shift from this super kind of woo, like secret, secret 20 and back to Mars and all this and that, that stuff kind of went to the wayside. And we had people like Lou Elizondo, I, you know, whatever you think of him, but people like him coming forward and saying, like, we have this information and releasing these videos. And that's a lot different than what we had back then. So with that, the shift kind of came to where we were going more nuts and bolts and looking for more information. And you've seen and I've you know, witnessed all these creators kind of blossom from that. And I think it's a wonderful thing to hear all these different voices talking to different people and bringing other people in. Cause for a long time you're listening to the same people get talked to over and over again. Mm -hmm. And now we have a whole bunch of people, new researchers, new hosts. It's quite amazing. Yeah. And how do you, um, how do you approach the kind of divisiveness that, that seems to kind of rear its head every once in a while? Cause I hear from what you're saying there that, you know, the value of the different voices and, you know, kind of validating different perspectives and, you know, our show is about that. We are about, you know, kind of respecting everybody's journey and elevating a, a positive met message. We're all in this together. You know, heck, if we had the answers, we wouldn't be on a show like this. We'd be on, you know, 60 Minutes or CNN or whatever it is uh, telling the world about it. So we're we're all seeking something. Uh, but it, it this tribalism that we see happen so often, I, you know, what, what what's the source of that? How do we how do we kind of overcome that? I think at the end of the day, it's one word and it's ego. Mm. It's people's egos. And, and unfortunately that's something people have to work on on themselves. And this type of work attracts egos too. You know, they're like, I did this, I did this respect me for this mm -hmm. or 
or you're stupid for this. But you know what I do is I don't go on UFO Twitter, and then I and then I start seeing. The, I I'll look at it and I'm like, well, what is this? It's to me, it's energy draining. It's there's no reason for it. You know, talk about the information, talk about experiences. We're not, you know, I I don't see the reason to fight. Mm-hmm. But I think that's in every community. People fight. I 100% agree. Uh, I feel that social media in general, we'll, we'll just stick with Twitter because that's, that's the thing most folks are familiar with, is basically the squeaky wheel gets the grease. And no matter what the topic, whether it's politics, sports, UFOs, Bigfoot, uh, knitting, uh, you know, water skiing, it doesn't matter. There are polarized people on either side of the topic, you know, extreme one way and an extreme another. And that's who's making the most noise. Mm. Uh, you've got that other, you know, 80% that's in the middle that uh, is basically just trying to keep their head down and not get uh, canceled. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, with, with our own stuff uh, in our own like UFO Twitter world, it, it seems to me like there's like a, maybe a dozen or 20 instigators. I'm not saying they're doing it intentionally or it's some secret government plot. That's a whole other web you mm-hmm. know, thing. <laughs> uh, people going down that road, but it's uh, that are just jerks <laughs> that uh, <laughs> I, I wish there was a nicer way to say it, but uh you know, it's, you know, their opinion's always right. You're always wrong. Uh, you know, whatever, you know, the, it, everything's an, an A or a B. There's no, everything's black and white. There's no gray gradient between. Uh, and if you're not with me, you're against me kind of attitude for either, uh, you know, either side of the spectrum uh, for any topic. It's, it's what makes Twitter and social media in general, just kind of unbearable for a lot of people. That's why everyone on the planet isn't using it. The, mm-hmm. the idea behind it is fantastic. You could actually, you know, an alien race should be able to look at, you know, if there was just one like Twitter and it's like, okay, this is you know an amalgamation of all of humanity. You know what we see here and what do they see? And uh, it's, it's aggravating. You know, it, it should be a almost like a hive mind, you know, getting the temperature of everybody. Uh, it's, it's okay to disagree. It's especially for this topic, because uh, for the most part, it's mostly, you know, eyewitness statements, a couple of grainy photographs, some radar imagery, and a ton of personal accounts. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's what we got right now to work with. Yeah. So sharing those stories and you know, if it happens to be something that doesn't align to someone, they get shouted down. Well, now they're not going to share again, much, much like my own story of seeing the UFO when I was a kid, you Aww. know, I, I didn't want to talk to anybody else and be the weirdo. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's that same thing just on a grander scale. Yeah. So well said. Uh, well, I've taken up some, some time on the floor. Kevin, do you want to ask some questions? Wow, man. You know, just, uh, your conversation, the, the way you approached all those questions, Nathan, was fantastic. In fact, uh, they answered a lot of the questions during that conversation. So <laughs> I have actually I have um, I have actually a comical lightning round at the end of maybe towards the end of the show I was going to do. 
It kind of stole Deb's idea. Sorry, Deb. I feel kind of guilty about that. No, no. It's but. it's not it's not patented. I promise. Okay. okay. Lightning rounds for everyone. That's right. Yeah. Hang on. I'm um, going to complain but, about this on Twitter. <laughs> exactly. Oh yeah. See, that's the thing. I, I I haven't. I've kind of really backed off Twitter. It's been a couple of weeks. I'm just on there. I drop the promos, and that's it now. You know, right. it's the tribalism. It just kills me. It's like yeah. I, I'm there for the UFOs. I'm there for the flying saucers, and not not the drama. Right. I'm like, I'll, I'll you know, I'll just watch more History Channel, less Twitter. It's fine <laughs> with me. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, we were talking earlier about motivations. Like, I, I'm both of you actually. I will start with Jess. I'd like to know what motivated you to um to really um the direction of your your podcast you know, you know what no please uh, that's go, a go great, ahead no great question kevin no because i think i could have gone any way i wanted to but what but for me it was you know all these because ex- i haven't had like ufoe experiences or anything's like anything like that but this whole journey actually began for me because I had a lot of questions about my own abilities, you know, as far as like psychic abilities and getting into that. And the way for me to learn was to jump into this mm-hmm. and find out more. And it led here and I was into conspiracies. It was like I dove into this whole thing and I was like, this is what I want to talk about because if I talk about this stuff that I've experienced and I know maybe somebody Mm. out there will learn something, maybe some conversation I have with a guest will spark something or spark somebody or help somebody to look into something that they needed to look into. So for me, my motivation is really kind of like thinking of myself out there years ago, listening and looking for answers and direction. So Mm. that's what motivates me. All right. So you want, you want some clarification basically okay so do i i'm in it for the same reason i just got questions i want i want some answers to my questions (laughs) all right so so, um the same question i guess for you but it's more different i wanted to know you you obviously have that military background now you mentioned you're in the air force i wanted to know what motivated you to join the military oh well uh, for me, uh, I, I joined up in December of 1985, mm-hmm. stayed in for 24 years, retired uh, December of 2009. And originally it was just going to, because I, I grew up in uh, eastern Kentucky uh, and in the mid, you know, early mid 80s, uh, the economy wasn't so great. And uh, the town that I lived in, uh, the, the steel mill had, was basically going to shut down. And I was seeing 40 year old men bagging groceries at the local Kroger uh, to try and make money to support their mm-hmm. family. Cause that's all they could get, you know, kind of a thing. It's like, okay, I got nowhere to go when I get out of high school. So I'll join the military and they've got the, you know, the GI bill and things like that. So that'll, you know, give me a few years of, uh, you know, living, living my life, maybe earn a few dollars for my pocket and, uh, uh, mm-hmm. you know, get money for college and all that and ended up, you know, joining up and, uh, started traveling right away and, and loving it. Cool. How do you think, uh, that your military experience, uh, influenced your thinking about the high strangeness? Well, my job, uh, I, I was to put it simply, I was an aircraft mechanic. 
I, mm-hmm. I was a KC-135 crew chief. Uh, a KC-135 is uh, one of the planes that refuels other planes in the air. Uh, traveled a lot, saw a lot of different places, saw a lot of different cultures, saw a lot of different airplanes, saw a lot of things that, uh, you know, I don't know any secrets, you know, and I, and I don't have an NDA to hide behind, but uh, that's, that's the other guy. But uh, it's, you know, I, I saw some things that were, you know, considered classified. And, and as far mm-hmm. as talking to that, you know, it's not something I can blab about, uh, but it's something you could probably figure out on your own if you looked around hard enough on the internet. But uh, as far as uh, in 2000, excuse me, in 1990. It was either late eight, 98 or 99, early 99. Uh, I was living in Wichita, Kansas, saw a friend, was over at a friend's house, uh, lived in the middle of the city, uh, standing in his backyard. I, I'm an astronomy nerd. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so anytime I'm outside at night, I'm looking up. And uh, while I was sitting there, I, for a the long story short, I, I basically saw a black triangle. And nice. it's like, wow. that's not something I've ever seen before. I know how planes work. I know how you know, that oh. goes and uh, it had no lights, made no sound. The only reason I was even because it was all blacked out against the sky. I think the lights from the city were kind of underlighting the bottom of it a little bit. Hmm. And the only way I was even sure I was even seeing it was it was blocking out stars as it was. Yeah. Blocking. So it was wow. something solid. And I had zero explanation for what that could have been from my experience with aviation you know, and, you know, from, you know, flying or even the mechanical side of it, that what, you know, what was that? And, uh, that kind of spurred things up a little bit, but, uh, and that was in late 99 or sometime in 99 ish. And, uh, a couple of years later, some other things kind of came up in world events mm-hmm. that I had kind of got distracted from, from that. But, uh, when I retired, you know, I, I, I still had all, the, I've always had these questions in the back of my head, but, uh, much like uh, Jess said, and what I feel is the basics for our whole community is we just want to know what's going on. Yep. What is this? What is yeah. it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> what is it that's bringing us all together negative and positively? It's still, it's all that one thing. Yep. Just need that one thing. Yeah. <laughs> Love that. All right, Deb, what you got? Okay. So I would like to know, Jess, since you work on all of it, basically trying to capture everything, what do you think is going on? Like, it, like if you could summarize what you think is going on, what is the phenomenon? Let me preface it by saying I have no real clue at all. <laughs> and my theories change constantly based on like what I'm looking into. But I can say right now in my theory, I don't, there's, I have no basis for this other than maybe, but you know, I've been talking to a lot of people and you know, the way that I'm I'm hearing from people is that there is a phenomenon out there and how we perceive it is what it comes out to be. So an example people use is like back in the 1800s, right? We used to see uh, airships. And uh, like, and you go move forward into like the 40s, then they're all like flying saucers. And then um, 
and then we move towards and then you know we get the betty and barney hill story with the grays and then there's a lot of grays in like the 80s that are being reported and then now it's like more tic tacs so now we're seeing a lot of tic tacs and stuff so is it that 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 the ships have changed or is it that that's what we perceive it we don't even know what we're looking at but that's what our brain picks it up as so it's a very interesting way of looking at it but that would join the phenomenon together and you know that would explain things like seeing a ufo seeing a ghost seeing a bigfoot you know seeing a shadow person um other theory interdimensional stuff you know i mean there's a world we don't know and that's the thing we don't really know so it could be absolutely anything it could all every it could be everything you think it is it could be guys from space it could be guys from other dimensions it could be ghost ghost aliens like what like you know ooh coast aliens i Whoa. like that one yeah, i like hadn't that. thought of coast <laughs> aliens actually i have heard of them though there are stories about them interesting i will have to look that up or mm -hmm. you'll have to send me a link yeah it's I like think, laser uh, sharks mm -hmm. that's that's part of i think it was um bushman's tale of how we interact with et he mentioned that one had died and then he showed a picture of like what was supposed to be the ghost hanging around the other one it's so cool wow. yeah levels to this if you start to think about it and there's bigfoot ghosts there's a loch ness monster mm -hmm. ghost everything has a ghost too so many levels do ghosts have ghosts what about you enzo what is from your more slightly more nuts and bolts perspective what do you think's going on well uh jess actually has hit on the main ones that i've considered myself i mean the perception thing is definitely there, there's something there uh because you know, our eyes, you know, our own senses, our, our eyes, our ears, our nose, our sense of touch and taste uh, are fairly limited, especially compared with other animals on the planet. Not to say that we're specialized or anything like that, but it's we have limits. So it, the, your brain can only process so much and it kind of filters out the unnecessary stuff. We've all gotten into our car, driven down to the grocery store, shopped around and came back. Were there clouds in the sky? Did they look like anything in particular? How many birds did you see? You know, what was the color of the shirt of the person that was parked next to you at the red light? These are all things that were around you. You could observe them, but your brain kind of filters that out. It's like, ah, I don't need to know that. That's not important. I feel that uh, seeing something zipping by in the sky, well, first you'd have to you know, look up, uh, which is the main problem because social media has taught us to do this uh, all the time. Uh, but, you know, even if you did see something, uh, it, it's, it was a bird or plane or Superman or something. I don't know. And so it's, there's, I feel that there is an element of, you know, it's beyond your understanding. You're working on something else. Uh, just ignore it. We, we've all gone out and bought a, a new car or a new-to-you car. And uh, you, know, you did your research. You, you found a car you liked. Okay, there it is. I'll buy it. You, as soon as you start driving around, you start seeing your car everywhere. I didn't know there were so many of whatever it is you're driving. They've always been there. But because now you own one and you're used to that context and its shape and everything else, you start noticing it at other places. It just... 
So the perception thing, uh, I think is it's, it's fairly high on my list. It's, there could be stuff zipping around all the time and maybe there always has been. It's just, we're too busy, you know, hunting and gathering at one point or sending mean tweets, uh, on, you know, today, <laughs> but, Aww. uh, and, and again, much like Jess said, the, the interdimensional side, that kind of answers everything. It does, right? For cryptids and ghosts and uh, UFOs and aliens and the fairy, everything. Well, yeah. Everything. It's that, yeah. That's the catch-all for everything. And some people who uh, seem to be in the know definitely feel wormholes are the answer for how they get here. Yeah, if it's uh, and even for like places like Skinwalker Ranch, where you've got that that thinning of the veil type mm -hmm. of concept, where you know they just kind of slip into our reality for a minute and maybe slip back out. Uh, that interdimensional thing really does answer that. I, I've never been a big fan of like you know the, the you know it's it's us from the future or whatever or it, there yeah and, and then there's a dozen other things and none of them are really wrong because we can't prove any of them. Who exactly it's you know it's it's all theorizing at this point but if you want to catch all for everything you know those parallel worlds interdimensional idea you know you get someone to invent the uh portal gun from rick and morty and we'll have our answers we'll go there ourselves so. yes yes i love rick and morty good reference. great show and that is the reference that I usually tell people about. It's like, look at the wackiness, all the wacky characters they run into just in a single episode on that show. Why is that any different from us going, okay, it's grays, it's reptilians, it's tall blondes, it's whatever, whatever. It, 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 the list goes on and on. Yeah, we see that in the show because that's the, base, the basis of it is they're going to these alternate parallel worlds and timelines and everything else and yeah, that's what it would be like. That's why I was earlier saying it's like, it's going to be so weirdly cosmic, we we can't even imagine it. Yeah, and we're already part of it, you know? It's uh, it's just that we have we have no awareness, <laughs> you know? So yeah. as our awareness expands, I, I kind of wonder, like, do you think that in your own personal experience, and Enzo, we can start with you, and then Jess, I definitely want to get your take on this, uh, the, the kind of plunge into high strangeness, uh, the willingness to accept it does that change the way you look at people, human people? You know, so it just at people generally. You know, can you become, you become more accepting of different people's differences uh, because of that, or you know? Oh yeah, I'm just curious uh, about that. It, you know, if if you had asked me, even like two years ago, probably it's like, well, this person says that they can talk to the dead and uh, they can see ghosts or uh, they've communicated with aliens or all these things and be like, yeah, okay, that's great. And uh, that would kind of be the rest of it. But now, and again, that interdimensional thing that kind of opens it all up. You at least got to hear somebody out, you know, is it, did they, you know, imagine something, maybe, you know, do, do basic detective work, you know, maybe a, a few basic questions without, insulting whatever their experience was mm -hmm. uh, just to make sure we were all talking about the same thing. But uh, I've, I, you know, today it's like, I will listen to anyone's story, uh, no, no matter what it is or how different it may seem because we kind of have to at this point, because 
there's so many different things. And if they're all from like the one source, we have to take all of that into account. Yeah, for sure. Jess, what about you? You know, ah, I just lost it. I held it the whole time. I was like, <laughs> got my words. Um, the, 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 the plunge into high strangeness. No, you know, I did, you know, it was really hard for me for a long time because I, like I told you, I, um, or I said earlier, I, um, I, I, I stayed very nuts and bolts. I tried mm -hmm. to stay very grounded for years. And with that, I was hiding parts of myself and experiences that I had myself. And now that I've kind of been more open about that, I think I'm, you know, I cannot deny things that have happened to me. Thus, I cannot deny things that people say have happened to them because I know the things that happened to me were freaking real. <laughs> you know, and that's even from like we're talking even, you know, from UAP experiences to alien experiences to ghost experiences to cryptid experiences, shadow people, you know, or different beings. Because I've always said I was like when we we talk about disclosure, you have to disclose everything that humans also have this amazing ability to connect consciously in the dream world remote view one thing like that is really amazing and i think people are going to get into is like how amazing people actually are hmm. well, how right. powerful we are and how connected we are i feel like I, it redeems us doesn't it i mean like our, our willingness to accept these things actually it brings us closer together it, it should you know, it should place a greater value on the things that you experience and that I experience that we're not quick to judge. You know, we're, we're, we're quick to listen. I feel like that's a, that's important. And it's, it frustrates me when I see a lot more judging happening than listening. Uh, and I, I think you can listen and, and still in your own self, you know, exercise some discernment, but, you know, being so quick to kind of like come at people and say, well, I mean, you, your experience is, is just too weird for me. I'm, I'm only okay with spaceships that materialize out of thin air and disappear <laughs> and come from the far side of the universe. But this other stuff that you talk about, you know, that's a bridge too far. Yeah. And I think everybody has their limits. What was interesting, I had Robert Bosnack on a couple of weeks ago and he's a Jungian psychologist and he does like phenomenology. So basically what his job is, is he talks to people as experiences. And what he says is I view these experiences as real because these, these experiences happen to these people. And this is like, it's a doctor, man. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we look at these people, you guys can check out that episode because the way he explains it is like, no, I'm looking at this as this happened to this person. Their experience is real. And I think people being able to be open, I mean, maybe you don't have to be if you're not into it, but if you're into it, learning about people's experiences, you find out so much more. 100%. Right. Yep. I just, I just wanted to chime in a little because the things that you're talking about really go into the realm of mental health. Um, not only the doctor's perspective, of course, that see these experiences as real, it's beneficial to the person, the observer, right? But also just like for our own people who may not have any kind of mental illness per se, it still helps our mental health if we just accept the reality of what's going on with us. And I think a lot of people try to close this part off and pretend it's not part of being human. 
but there's a reason so many people have like psychic dreams or see ghosts or see uaps something's going on a lot of us have that gut instinct intuition um i tend to get lost and i use my gut instinct to get unlost and it always works so why does that happen you know so there's something that maybe we don't scientifically understand yet, but it is part of us and repressing it is ridiculous. Oh, here, here. So well said. You know, how in in the kinds of activities that you guys are involved in, you know, just through the show and so through the support that you provide shows and, and you are on shows too. You're a frequent presence, which I think is great. You know, what are some things that you each try to do and bring to the conversation to elevate this and kind of help steer us away from the vitriol and the, you know, the arrow slinging. Enzo? Oh, that wouldn't be first. Sure. Uh, for me, uh, I use my, my own past experiences, uh, you know, aircraft mechanics and aviation travel. Uh, the last part of my career I spent in our, in the wing safety office, which a big part of that involves uh, wildlife control on the airfield. So basically mm -hmm. keeping birds from flying in front of airplanes. So mm -hmm. I've got thousands of hours of staring at the sky, looking at planes, birds, uh, of all different types, uh, where, where I live in Kansas, it's, it's the central flyway for most migratory birds hmm. in the country. And I see all of it. it it's from, from Eagles to Pelicans and it, it's bananas what I see, but, uh, you know, seeing photography uh, of all of these things, looking at them through binoculars, my own experience from my own hobby of staring at stuff in the stars, that all kind of equates out to when someone hold, sees something weird and holds that cell phone up to try and capture it, I can at least tell them what it isn't. Mm -hmm. uh, that, that's what I feel I kind of bring to it as far as my personal experience. You know, I've had a couple of, you know, seen a light in the sky when I was a kid and a black shape that was kind of wedge shaped uh, once in the nineties. Mm -hmm. And, uh, that doesn't mean that you know, I, I can, I'll, I'll listen to anybody, as I said before, but uh, if it sounds like there's something I have a problem with, there are avenues to try and direct them to, uh, to maybe seek some help if they're having trouble processing that. Mm -hmm. But uh, as far as uh, what else I do, I, just, I think it's mostly just the ability to, to listen and, and narrow out. I'm, I'm basically a, uh, Kinder, gentler Mick West. <laughs> I, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm less immediately. Mick seems pretty offensive. gentle. I gotta say, he, seems like he is. Bad, it's yeah. just, uh, it's, it's that British demeanor of like, no, you're wrong because, right, right. Which, which people don't uh, particularly care for right off the bat because <laughs> no, nobody likes like, no, you're wrong. Mm -hmm. Here's why you're wrong. It's like, no, no, it's just a mistake. This is probably, I, I throw a lot of probably's and mm -hmm. chances are this is a you know, kind of a, leave myself right. a little room for doubt uh, in there, but right. it's, uh, it's, it's sometimes difficult because people really do want to believe in like whatever their picture is or their video or whatever their experience. If, uh, if they're, if they're being open mind about it, they'll at least, you know, take a differing opinion. Uh, and you know, maybe what they, you know, the light they saw, it might've been the international space station. It might've been a meteorite. It might've been 
but if you can go through all those things and look it all up and verify and it's none of those things that you can research it is you know technically an unidentified flying object so you got that you know you know it's not some the normal things so mm-hmm. if that helps or uh, hinders them in in their follow through with whatever it is they experienced they 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 at least have that knowledge at least that, that's where i come come at it from so Love it. i've got dj he's with us he made it the great cat hunter yes cat dances on <laughs> oh yeah so you found the cat oh he's beautiful hey guys. what's up man good to see so, you right. let's see can we see the catastrophic damage? Oh my god! <laughs> oh, just, what a catastrophe! Wow. Oof! Catastrophe! Hey, he beat me to it. We got Percy out of the wall, but he got himself out. I don't know how he got out, but he was out. So. Oh, you're like you, cat. <laughs> Jeez, man! Well, I'm glad he's okay. Eight lives left. Yeah, I'm gonna. I'm gonna yeah, thank you. <laughs> you're right. But anyway. So I'll sleep easy tonight, and uh, I just want to say one love to Jess and uh, Enzo. Uh, and oh. I know you guys are being well cared for with uh, the cab team. Cab team. And, uh, and uh, great night, great night. Love you guys. Love you guys. Oh, Good, to Good to see you. Good to see you. Take care, man. Awesome. Awesome. Good news. Good news. I, I, I really think I really cats think can teleport. teleport. That's just. <laughs> So how, do they, how do they get into the wall and then mysteriously out of the wall? It's a very good question. Question. Getting some echo from somebody. I'm not sure who that is, but. All right, we shall push forward. Yeah, sounding good now. Yep, good, good. Okay, excellent, Jess. Well, I want to get your thoughts on that question. So, you know, what are the things that you try to do? I know you're an excellent host, and uh, you, by the way, are top-notch interviewer. Like, how do you? you do a great job setting the table for conversation, but how do you elevate that conversation and, you know, kind of push, push things forward in a positive way? I don't know, man. Maybe I don't. I'm like, you're sitting here. (laughs) Maybe I don't offer a GD thing. I'm like, man, (laughs) you know, I just, I just try to, you know, go and talk to people that I want to talk to that I find interesting that I think people will get some value from the conversation you know and I think honestly you can talk to anybody and you get something beautiful out of them you know even from like you know I did like Tommy Chong and he told me a spiritual story you can get things like that out of people you know you can talk you know you can have I think it's the art of conversation that I love and the back and forth and being able to like be comfortable and get the guests comfortable to like really share mm-hmm. and, you know, feel like they're talking to their friend because, you know, ultimately all my guests become my friends anyways. Nice. But I, I just try to keep it positive. I guess all the other, I could try to close. I always try to close with something positive, even if I'm on a conspiratorial type of rant, um, <laughs> always want to leave it on an up note. <laughs> yeah, you got to. Well, uh, on that note, then, uh, like, uh, what uh, interesting conspiracies are kind of cat- catching your eye these days? Oh, so it's just always the big one, man. Just the elite, you know. Mm. There's elite people controlling everything behind the scenes, and you know, and we have no say in that, you know. Mm. And we're just kind of stuck in the system, you know, just doing our best. And I think that's the biggest conspiracy of of them all. Mm-hmm. And it's a real conspiracy because people are working together to, you know, 
control things. <laughs> yeah, well, we do find ourselves in a world not of our own making. You know, we we just we land here basically, and then things are happening, and things are orderly or disorderly, and and we have very little personal control over the grander story of what takes place on our planet. Uh, so the, I can, I mean, that's very appealing, right? Uh, but I, I guess, how do you, how do you kind of process the, uh, the sort of far end of that notion, which is like this cabal, this you know, point one percent of the world, you know, really the, the puppet masters. You know, <laughs> we can hate <laughs> on the rich, and I think that's great sometimes. But you know, yeah. do you think they really get together in a boardroom somewhere in a forest and plan things out, or you know, like what, what, what is happening? I mean, even if you go back to Europe, you know, like all the kings were related. They're all friends. You know, these, you know, these leaders, they all know each other. They all party together, you know, you know, it, it, it's portrayed in the media as if like, ah, they're against each other. But then they're at, you know, dinner parties hanging out. So I don't think it's like that far of a stretch mm. that, you know, these world leaders get together. And there are people that are behind the scenes that are probably giving them a lot of money that help control, you know, what is being done. So, I mean, how do I, how do I stay positive with all that is what, what can you do? People are either aware they want to be aware. They don't want to be aware, but two, you know, in the opening of my show, I have a sound clip that says I choose to see the beauty in the world because there is a lot of dark crap in this world and you can get sucked into it, looking into conspiracies. And you can also see the beautiful things in this world, you know, and realize that, Hey, maybe it's not so bad. Love that, Enzo. What about you? What, what what's the big conspiracy? I mean, uh, you, you worked for the man at one point, right? So, uh, well, yeah, Ed, you're which, part of the conspiracy, Enzo? Uh, I am part of the conspiracy now. I'm I I am now everyone. I'm the internet's uh, emergency standby guest now because of it. But uh, from being on, working on the inside, being part of the government for 24 years. Uh, my opinion about as, as far as that kind of stuff goes back to like Hanlon's razor, mm. kind of an idea, you know, never attribute to malice what could adequately be explained by stupidity. Right. It's just there's there, I saw a lot of dumb people uh, that would just, you know, it, anytime you have like that bureaucracy, there's mm -hmm. those levels of it. It just there's people that just kind of get locked in there. And all they care about is keeping their job. They don't care about helping out their fellow constituents or humanity or anything like that. They just want to keep their little job safe. And if that means throwing somebody under the bus or letting this bill go by or all these things, it's like, yeah, that's fine. Just do whatever you want. Just don't just leave my stuff alone. Kind of an idea, which uh, right. I saw a lot of. Uh, and it's to, to imagine that, you know, there's the, the, the dark smoky back room, you know, the, the cabal of people back there. I don't know about that one. You know, I, I'm sure there are, you know, big meet. If anything, I would think it would be more like uh, not necessarily political leaders nowadays, but big industrial and tech leaders mm -hmm. doing something along those lines. Seeing how, well, yeah, they, they, they operate are. internationally. I mean, they don't have exactly. these state, you know, restrictions that, they don't have those silly laws to uh, <laughs> abide to necessarily. Uh, so I could see that, I think, before, you know, the, the secret DC cabal that controls the world. Mm -hmm. Now, there, there's too many points of failure for, for that for me, that uh, where somebody would come up and is like, wait a minute, you can't do that. 
<laughs> you know, kind of a thing. There's there there are as 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 an awful as a picture as I just painted. There are stop gaps in there to prevent you know global catastrophes and things like that. So there there's there's still some. There are good people out there in the system. That's why the system still kind of works. Mm -hmm. uh, it, because of those those few good people that still believe in, you know, what, what goes on in their country and believe that they're working for their constituents and things like that. Because if if all of them were in on it, right, then we'd never have a voice. We'd never we'd have never gotten uh, you know, stuff added in to create a new you know, reporting center for the DOD and things like that for, you know, what we're looking at right now. It's, I never imagined we'd have that kind of thing pop up and to pop up over the last couple of years. If I guess if there's going to be a conspiracy, that, that would be it for me. It's like, why now all of a sudden, why is, is there like some, you know, evil alien cabal <laughs> that has a specific timeline that, you know, the, Amuamua is going to circle back in a couple of years and they, we need to be prepared for it. I don't know about all that, but uh, it, I was, that's the thing that shocked me the most that made me kind of rear my head. I was like, what's going on here? Mm -hmm. Yeah, exciting progress. Uh, all right, Deb, what you got? So I guess I would like to know um, what you guys are most excited about when you've talked about citizen evidence coming forward. I know I'm excited about that, right? Of course, we have UAPX is supposed to be coming out really soon because their movie is about to come out, which means they have their NDA lifted and things are coming out. Galileo's been working on building their equipment and should start having something soon. What are you most excited about? Let's go, Jess. I don't... I haven't been following it, to be quite honest. Um, and I... I'm not, I mean, it all sounds great. I'm not excited for more one thing more than another. What are, uh, well, what, what's next on your kind of, uh, on your show lineup? What, what, what topics are you chasing down right now? What are we doing? What are we doing? I've got, um, let's see. Well, on Monday, I have Big Willie. That's going to be fun. <laughs> nice. Look at this here. Love that uh, beard. Yeah, I love that beard. I do want to talk about his beard. Is it, is it that guy? Oh, <laughs> yeah, well, there he just pops in. <laughs> uh, next Wednesday, I have Les Valdez coming on, and he talk, He has an experiencer group. And then the following week, I've got uh, radio host Alex Exum coming on. And then I have Benjamin Balderson, who is an alchemist, with, and he's going to be a really good, interesting show. If you haven't, if you don't know about alchemy, if you heard these words, yeah. it's definitely something you want to like come in and check out. This guy like knows this stuff, and he can explain it in a way to people who are totally unfamiliar with this topic. Hmm. That sounds fascinating. It's going to be so cool. I'm looking forward to that one. Yeah, definitely. We'll check that out. And so, what uh, what was got on on your radar? Uh, as far as uh, Deb's original question was. We wanted to what, what we were looking forward out of the civilian side is was that the yeah question? well in general it can be government side also but what are you excited about I forgot one major one but maybe you'll think of it <laughs> what are you oh. excited about uh, as far as uh, coming out of Galileo and UAPX uh, I'm, I don't know the full scope of what they're specifically investigating obviously there's going to be some visual component involved there. 
Uh, I'd like to see that. That's mostly what I'm looking forward to is what, it, what was it that they're using? What equipment are they using? Where were they using it? Uh, what gave them the idea to like point their stuff this direction or, or whatever it is. I'm, I'm almost more curious about what their process is than uh, because even, even if they found nothing that still checks stuff off of the list, it's like, okay, they didn't find anything in the infrared spectrum or the ultraviolet or, or violent, violet. And <laughs> I guess it would be ultraviolet too. They it could be they weren't aggressive, uh, but uh, you know, it's, it's, it's still things that, you know, even if you didn't find something that doesn't mean that you can, you know, it's, it's still evidence. So, so to speak, for yeah. at, the, at this stage of it, where we're basically pawing around in the dark uh, to, to start off with. So anything they come up with, good or bad, you know, it's like we, we found zero evidence of this for, you know, in this spectrum or this particular radio range. We did find some similar activity when we would see anomalous lights or, you know, it's those kind of things uh, I'm, I'm most curious about what their what their processes and techniques and technology they're using to to find it what what i love about that is they actually just said in a conference that they had uh the seu and uapx were meeting and talking about some things they just spoke about how finding these uaps or finding evidence of uaps is actually scientifically interesting in general and you might really appreciate the part where they were talking about it's good for anyone who is interested in space and astronomy anyway because they're exploring new techniques for looking at those things so yeah. there's benefit and i'm hoping they'll get the funding beyond just the uap topic so it's great stuff but it was web i thought you were going to say web but as a star fan yeah you got to be uh chomping at the bit oh yeah stuff, it's yeah. To, to get to for for the things that'll come up with that'll that'll change everything we know mm -hmm. it'll hopefully answer a lot of questions that we we have about space in general because we th there's a that huge specter of uh dark matter hanging over uh, cosmology at the point of like, well, the math, because we're, we're pretty good at figuring out the math on like the solar system level. You know, we're pretty good at shooting out probes and we've, we've measured the gravity of planets to where we can slingshot probes around them to get it to go faster, to reach the outer planets. We were doing that in the sixties and seventies, but it doesn't really scale up outside of that. When you start getting into the galaxy range, you know, here where it should work, but it doesn't. It's like there's a lot of mass that, that's missing. So they just labeled it dark matter. <laughs> and it's like, well, wait, what does that mean? We don't know. So there's th things like uh, anything that we can get to kind of narrow that focus down and uh, kind of make up for this mass that appears to be missing. Uh, that's what, that's what gets us closer to figuring out like warp drives and uh, things like that, that, uh, I won't say they're holding us back. I mean, it's just the, the natural evolution of discovery, but uh, that's to me, I think that's one of the next bigger steps is figuring that out because that will lead to other innovations of how to measure it and deal with it and travel through it. Hmm. Yeah, completely. I love that iterative process, right? I love that, uh, you know, these new discoveries just beget further discoveries. Oh yeah. Uh, we're never satisfied. And I, I find no. it interesting, like some people like, it's like some people just like they're 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 done. You know, you meet some some folks and 
you know, the way the world is right now, like they're, they're fine with that. They're, you know, there's no more to learn. There's no more discovery. It's, it's good. Uh, it seems like most of the folks in this community are, are not happy with that. You know, we would, we would like to learn more. Uh, well, Kev, I, I remember you teasing earlier something about a, a lightning round and uh, I'm, yeah. really, I'm excited about that. Okay, let's well we'll get to it. All right. So um I'm gonna ask I'm gonna ask you some questions and I want you to answer. Who is your daddy and what does he do? Okay, so um what I'll do, I'll just ask the question and I'll call on you guys one on one. So these are yes or no questions. Yes okay. or no answers, okay? So question number one Do you think the pyramids were built by aliens, Jess? No. Enzo. Uh built by no. Okay. Do you think a portion of UFO crashes are from irresponsible, drunk extraterrestrial pilots? Jess? Yes. Yes. And so? Yes. All right. Oh, I like that. Okay, so do you think that wearing a disguise to bed will prevent alien abductions, Jess? I don't think so, but I think it's worth a shot. Mm. I like it. <laughs> Endorsement. Enzo? I'm going to go for a fake mustache. But uh, <laughs> it's me. Uh, I don't think that would help. Okay. Okay. That's all right. I forgive you. Um, <laughs> Jess, uh, do you believe in an afterlife? Yes. Enzo? Yes. Okay. Jess, do you collect... What? Okay. Do you collect stamps? No. Okay. Enzo, do you collect stamps? Only to send out the one bill that I can't electronically uh, use. <laughs> That's the only reason I still even have stamps. I don't know why that one was on there. <laughs> okay. Are you good with handling live insects, Jess? No. Oh, Enzo? I don't have an issue with it. Oh, cool. Okay. Do you think extraterrestrial insects are communicating to us, Jess? I got, I, or this, like, the what? I can't, oh, I, I hope not. <laughs> oh, oh you, you can have a middle answer. You can say middle. Because yeah, I'm great. scared of like I, the whole thought of like massive mantid beings and insect <gasps> yes. frightens me. So okay, how about you, Enzo? Do you think they're communicating to us, the, the uh, bug people? And we just can't understand it, or they're Possibly. Through, through like cricket song or something like that. They, yeah, uh, I mean, it, in be. theory, I mean, you think they could be. And that is possible. It's just cool. Even if you want to go electronically, they they could be sending something in towards us that might be common for them, then we just haven't figured out how to decode it yet. That's true. That's true. So um, the next question, have you ever eaten an insect? Um, Jess? Not on purpose. <laughs> oh, so possibly. Hmm. Enzo? Uh, no, no, okay. not, a, not, a, not on purpose. Well, okay, that might, that might be all right then. You guys might be okay with the, the invasion. <laughs> okay. So would you voluntarily be abducted by alien insects? No. Yes. Okay. No. no. Man, no. I'm disappointed. That was a strong I, no. Yeah. I'm down, but you know. Enzo, how about you? Depends on the context of the abduction. They're just dropping oh. by to say hi and want to have a conversation. I'm all for oh. it. Okay. I, I would totally be for that. Yeah, just the, a social calling, you know. I'd totally sure. I would absolutely do that. Cool. My, my issue awesome. is always the, you know, what comes later. So, well, that's, that's really up to them. If they're down for a vivisection, would you be down for one? I would have to draw the line, uh, not across my abdomen. Oh, okay. <laughs> I like the pun. That was good. That was good. 
Oh, okay. Next question. Jess, are you an extraterrestrial? Not that I know of. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Enzo. Are we all? Oh, possibly. Possibly. That's up for a whole nother episode right there, man. The, <laughs> the iron in your blood came from a star right. that exploded in billions. Of years oh, ago. okay. Yeah. If you want to go there, the, the <laughs> we're all star stuff. Mm-hmm. You're getting too deep for me, buddy. This is a yes or no. over my head here you're gonna knock off my new headset with all that okay so the next question lights are starting to dim (laughs) oh wait a minute and so are you an extraterrestrial because you know i thought you were a cyborg at first but oh no well i uh, th- this is Enzo Prime, but I have Enzo clones that go to other okay. shows. That's why I can watch all of them and be everywhere all at once. Okay, mm-hmm. so that's what I figured. All right. How about you? Um, Jess, do you have trouble getting pickles from jars? This is a DJ yes. question. You yes. do. <laughs> DJ? She may be one of them. That's right. It's the mm-hmm. alien test. Yeah. Enzo, how, how about you? How are you with pickles, buddy? Uh, I... Come on I when they get when your your quantity of pickles gets below the pickle juice line, just yeah. pour out some of the juice and you can That's get right. to them much easier. You have a method. <laughs> I use tools. I use a fork personally, You're but right. you know, yeah, I'm, a, I'm a fork guy. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's that's good. Okay, Jess, did you cry during close encounters of the third kind? You know, I you know I watched that movie. Oh, I, yes or no question? I know. No. Uh, I mean, if you want to, if you have a tangent coming, please, please talk. That's the point of this. <laughs> if so I can what? prompt you to say something, that's cool. I watched the movie on Weird Hollywood with UFO Jane probably like a month or two ago. So right. we did a watch. It's a great watched... show, by the way. Mm-hmm. Oh, thank you very much. But I was watching it. I was like, so this is the story of a man that becomes obsessed with UFOs, that he leaves his family to go on a spaceship yes. to take off. Yeah. And so like I broke it down, I couldn't stop laughing when I thought about that. Yeah, he just didn't have the guts to get the divorce. You know, he just had to <laughs> blame the aliens. That other lady who had her son abducted. Like, That's right. It's funny. I watched. I just watched that recently. My wife had never seen it. I was oh. like, you, I mean, you've got to watch this. So we watched it in, uh, in part because some of the folks we've talked to on the show have been like, there's more to that uh, movie than, you know, like Spielberg was really plugged in, basically. Yes. Um, Elizondo has said this and Richard Doty said this to us mm-hmm. as well. Uh, and when I watched it, it was like, it was crazy, guys. I mean, you've seen it recently, Jess, so you know, yes. but like so much that's in that movie is stuff that we're talking about, you know, like the the orbs and the, uh, you know, kind of paranormality and the uh, compulsion that people have to do certain things, the uh, abductions, the um, there are even like little nuggets in there that I had never picked up on before. Like there's one scene where they're going into like a secure facility. Guy puts his hand on this plate and it's like the Bob yes, Lazar scanner thing. Oh, right. right. I thought about that too. I was like, I didn't think about that before watching it, but now when I watch, I saw the hand scanner. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and then, like, Doty said something. He said this before, and I know he's a divisive figure, but, you know, he he talked about, you know, how the, the truth, quote-unquote, you know, would really be transformative of the world because, like, what happened? What would happen if, uh, hypothetically, like, this way, hypothetically, you know, Jesus was some sort of, uh, you know, kind of extraterrestrial. He uses that figure. He's like, I'm not saying it was Jesus. Okay. But, you know, just if, if Jesus were, 
So as I'm watching this movie, we had just done that interview and there's a scene where they're in Roy's house. He's the guy that leaves his family and the kids are going crazy. They're like jumping in the playpen and like, it just seems like totally chaotic. And the movie that they're trying to watch is the 10 commandments. They're, they're trying to watch the 10 commandments, which is a long, long movie. But I thought that was a weird, like, like nugget to put in the film. Like why that movie, it just seemed really strange. I was like, what if, Interesting. what if it was Moses? What if Moses was the ET, you know, the whole like sea parting and then the pillar of fire and the food that kind of kept the Israelites Mm -hmm. alive in the, in the wilderness and all this kind of stuff. Of course, yeah. the commandments in themselves, the, the first ta- the, ta- the tablets that on top of the mountain were the burning bush. I and mean, there's a the lot of things bush. in the Moses mm-hmm. story that are pretty whack. Anyway, I, t- I took us on the tangent, Kev. So you, you bring tangents it are gr- what this is show is all about, man. That was <laughs> that's fantastic. Right. That's, that's what all of these shows are about. That's that's how you yeah. you, you learn really because exactly. you don't know where that conversation is going. Right. So if I can prompt a conversation with any of these random random questions, absolutely, guys. Please, please talk. Okay. <laughs> All right. So, Enzo, did you have any more about the close encounters? Did you cry? Uh, I did not cry. All right. So, you guys get scared of the dark? No. No. Okay. Sometimes. Yes. So, so okay. What about if you hear a, a knock at the window and then you answer and, oh. and it, you think it's the wind, but then you see me going, just kidding. Oh, my God. Okay. Kevin. Um, but no, like, I convinced myself that there's like something in the kitchen or something. I'm like, can't go out in the kitchen. Nope, yeah. not going out in the kitchen till tomorrow. I do that. Yeah, it's like two in the morning. You're like, oh, okay, no, I'm not that thirsty. I'm not. No, that what thirsty. is that fear? What's that about? It's like somehow like dark in the kitchen. It's like there's <laughs> there's something there. <laughs> right. It's all do good. you not have lights in your house? Why is why are you stumbling <laughs> out of the dark? Oh, I'm just blind. <laughs> No, but think about it, right? You're holding your phone light and you illuminate. Do you want to illuminate something that's in the dark before you get to the light switch? Or do you go to the light switch so that the monster pops out? Mm. Maybe the ghosts are being considerate. They're not turning on the lights. They're just trying to, you know, do their thing. Mm-hmm. Keep it a dark. night vision. Right? Yeah. Very nice of them. Mm-hmm. Very considerate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very considerate. <laughs> okay, so... um. I'll jump ahead. We might be. Are we running out of time? No, you got it, man. I think we're we're, oh. we're good. We got a few more minutes. Okay, here. okay. Well, if we're good, then um, Jess and Enzo and explain scars. Jess, I'm like, do I have one? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe mm. I do. That's something to find out. I don't know. Enzo, were you experimented on by aliens? I mean, do you no. have any expla- unexplained scars? I mean, oh. I, I do not have unexplained scars. All okay. of my scars have explanations. All right, Jess, you might you might have been, yeah, you That's might want to look fear. on the buddy. That's my fear. Like I don't know that I've been abducted like several times, and then like one day it's all going to come like like crashing back into my memory, and I'm like, no. If, if it does, please please tell us first. Okay. One in fifty, they say. Mm-hmm. One in fifty, really? Yeah. Yes, they did a poll, and also uh, Preston Dennett also came up with the number similar. I think it was like one in forty to one in fifty. True, I I don't know, but I believe Deb. She's our facts person. Mm-hmm. I always believe Deb. Yes, yep. That's crazy though. One in fifty. 
So maybe it's you, Kevin. My, I will say just from a statistical standpoint, it wasn't a big enough sample size for me to be happy with that. Just Aww. had to throw that in there. Okay. <laughs> Love that. Yep. I'm for in. the record. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, how about you, uh, Jess? Would you get into a Tic Tac full of grays that you just met at a party? You know, I mean, are they, what kind of, like, are they cu the cute, cuter looking grays? Are they the more like kind of scary, like dead eyed grays? Enzo. I'm just kidding. That was me. <laughs> if they were all skinny Bob, would you be okay? Gosh, um, I guess you'd have a mix of cute and scary, just like people, you know, in real life, you know. What kind of party was it, too? That's the question. Yeah, were, were they at the party? Had they been drinking? They, well, of course. You know, that's they why they have be, all these crashes. So, they may you not know. Be, be good to drive. That's that question. Okay. If Benji said it's Paul. So if it's like Paul the oh. alien, yes, mm. I would go. All right. right okay. Cool. All right, so both of you are down with Paul. All right, cool. So uh, Star Wars, oh, here you go. Do you like Star Wars better than Star Trek, Jess? Yes, 100%. I do not like Star Trek. I have tried to watch it. People are telling me, Jess, you got to watch it. But I am, I grew up on Star Wars. I'm very Star Wars centric. Um, I just never connected with Star Trek. Maybe I will now, but I don't know. Just Star give it a chance. It's fun. It's good fun. There's there's a Star Trek for everybody. There's like five. That's true. Yeah, yeah. definitely. That's Enzo, true. how about you? I would say I'm probably well. Current year, they both kind of stink, but uh, it's true. I would have to say uh, I would probably be more of a Star Trek fan than a Star Wars. Trekking. All right. Nice. Cool. All right. I had to pin for for a Trekkie anyway. I I always yeah, wanted I to be Scotty. Nice. Yeah, Scotty, yes. the engineer. All right, yep. cool. I always wanted to be Kirk, you know. Mm. Yeah, he's great. That's cool. I know who he is. <laughs> I can't believe he just turned ninety. That just blows I'm... my mind. He's... Have you met him? Any of you guys? No, I, I think I saw him. At, I saw him at Alien Con a couple years ago. I didn't get close to him, but he was there promoting the show for History Channel. But yeah. yeah. But I did not like. I saw him on a stage, like he was that big, you know. So mm -hmm. I didn't see him, see him. But I have you him. seen Galaxy Quest? I love Galaxy, Galaxy Quest. It's yeah. pretty good. I was going to say, I think I want to be Sigourney Weaver, but then I also <laughs> want to be Sigourney Weaver and Aliens. And I, but right. I feel like that's that's like could be like your uh, breakthrough into Star Trek. Watch it first, then get inspired. <laughs> I love Galaxy Quest. It's one of those movies that I like keep watching. It's like got a rewatch value and I really appreciate it. So I watch it all mm -hmm. the time. Mm -hmm. I feel like, yeah, that's that. That was that's a good idea, Deb. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. I was it's a good halfway it's point. It's, it's, it's got it, the yeah, humor right. in it, too. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Love that movie. Right. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> all right. Um, Yeah, that's about all I got. So, yeah. well, that was fantastic. Yes, thank you. I mean, well, thank you. I didn't just agree with you for saying that. <laughs> all right, uh, love it, love it. Well, all right, we're wrapping up the show, so I want you guys to uh, to tell the audience and our listeners, you know, where, where can they find your work, uh, and uh, who to avoid. No, I'm just kidding. Where can they find what you're doing, and any advice you would give to folks that are getting into this topic and. Uh, you know, for the first time, what would you, would you offer there? I guess for advice, um, 
I would never put anybody on a pedestal when you're looking at researching things, um, different things, like, uh, you know, different topics, you know, always look at every, uh, try to expand at everything you look at. Um, don't take anybody's word for gospel, you know, and use, use your critical thinking skills, you know, um, it's a lot of fun too. And I think a lot of the times people forget that this is supposed to be fun too, guys. We're supposed to be having fun with this. And um, I would say have fun, research, you know, learn what you want to do, learn what you want to talk about and follow that. Cause there's so many areas within this phenomenon that you can talk about. Uh, so I'll, I'll say that. And um, I want to thank you so much for having me on tonight. Wonderful questions. Um, it was an honor to be a, to be a guest tonight and hang out with Enzo and um, everybody can find me. Uh, you can check out my website, escape the simulation.info um, there. Uh, I have my show archives. Um, you can find me on YouTube. Um, I'm also live every Wednesday night at 5 PM Pacific on the fringe.fm. You can catch me there. We have a discord chat for all the listeners. Nice. Um, yeah. And that's about it. Oh, just great time. Love the questions. Uh, Awesome time. I had a lot of fun. Yeah, same. <laughs> Me too. You guys are awesome. Thanks for coming. It, it was it was nice and relaxed. I know I already know you guys, so yeah, no pressure. It was fun. It, I, yeah, I had a lot of fun. It's always fun hanging out with you guys. Mm-hmm. Yay! All right, Enzo. You- so, uh, so what uh, what what advice would you have? You, you you've got a lot of uh, wisdom. I feel like to offer here. Yes. Well, for me, when I because I haven't been in the YouTube UFO, YouTube circles, uh, all that long. Uh, I guess it was last September, October. I started kind of snooping around and I first found UCR for me, which coming from a nuts and bolts side, they're fairly evidence based, uh, in, in some of their topics and stuff like that. I felt like that was a good entry point for me. And every time that they would have, uh, someone else, uh, another YouTuber on their show, I would go and check out their content. That's actually how I found Jess. Yes. Uh, and uh, I, I found Jess first, I think. And then I found uh, UFO Jane. And because I followed her, uh, because of the timing, she had like an, uh, a Halloween party yes. and invited a ton of other YouTuber friends on there. And I was just hit, hit subscribe, subscribe, follow, subscribe, subscribe. And uh, that's kind of how it all spider webbed out for me. So there's plenty of content out there and plenty of different takes Mm -hmm. on different topics. And uh, there's more than enough room for for everybody for for this topic and platform for everybody's specific take. Uh, None of the, you know, compared to, you know, other channels about, you know, movies or TV or sports or anything like that. uh, None of them are gigantic channels. Uh, but to be honest, those smaller platforms, I feel are a lot better, especially because a lot of them interact directly with the chat. So your question may actually get answered if you ask something from the chat versus those larger channels where are more popular, but you only get that answer if you do a super chat or something like that. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it's, Love that. it's usually how it ends up being, but, uh. Uh, if anyone wants to follow me, I'm on Twitter and oh, Instagram. Full disclosure, I don't understand Instagram. I don't know how it works. <laughs> I'm figuring it out. 
Finally. anything like that. I, I don't get it. But uh, <laughs> I, I mostly post uh, space related stories and things like that on Twitter uh, when I do a uh, lot of solar activity lately, which has been a ton of different Aurora photos. Mm -hmm. I, I threw out a bunch this morning. So cool. A lot of fun. Fantastic. I find I find Instagram awkward because doing selfies right now, it's like which angle of my avatar. <laughs> true, there's, there's only one dimension at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> well, speaking of the community, I just wanted to highlight some of the folks that were with us this evening. So a uh, big shout out to Stuart, uh, who mentioned the community as well. Of course, Benji, who we all. Uh, know and love and uh, the Cornish conjuring, the Cornish conjuring, uh, oracles and beyond. Thank you, Cassie. Cat one one three seven. We know Cat. Love Cat. Enzo is club. Uh, Arlene and Gazelle. Arlene. Uh, of course, up? Akashi Chris, our Akashi. dear friend, uh, and Zeta Pop. Cab's the best. Thank you, Zeta Pop. Thank you very much. Last but certainly not least, Paranormal Pixie. Laura, thank you Laura. for being with us this evening. We're all big fans of Paranormal Pixie. You are big fan. So, wonderful show, guys. Thank you so much for your time. Uh, really looking forward to continuing to interact with you guys in the community and, and, and stay on top of what y'all are doing. Um, thanks so much for being with us. And uh, with that, and in, in lieu of DJ doing the outro like he normally does, uh, from, for me, Nathan, for Kevin, for Enzo, for Jess, for Deb, this is Calling All Beings. Peace out, one love, and we will see you down the road. Peace. <laughs>